Oh yeah. Tonight on the Horror House Podcast, we're talking about alien seduction. You know, you gotta be pretty fit when you're lovemaking for the entire human race. You're a representative to the stars. So, come on in and get cozy on the couch. Let's put a little Kenny G, he might be an alien, and and, uh, kick off your shoes. Free those boobies, ladies. If it's one, two, five, hey, ten. Dave, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm introducing the alien seduction episode, man. Okay. I knew I should have never let you try to do an episode by yourself. This is what I. Oh my god. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Chris. You're right. You're right. This one's on me. This one's on me. Wow. Wow. I regret nothing. Um, but since we're here, do you want to do a, a normal horror house podcast episode? The door, like a without smooth jazz? Where'd you get that I tape, guess. by the way? I guess. It's an ancient Chinese secret. So, um,. Maybe, I don't know, maybe people want to hear that. Maybe they wanted, like, a Dave alien uh, episode. And if they want to, Dave, where where would they let you know that? Uh, If you want to hear the Dave alien seduction tips, uh, let me know by hitting me up on the Twitter at sweetness1 with six E's, as you could tell by the way I enunciated that. Or on... Twitter at Horrorhouse2 because there's two of us. There are. You can email us, horrorhousepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're on the Facebooks, uh, we have a little Horrorhouse page there that you can come visit and talk to us there. If Speaking of talking to us, if you want us to hear your beautiful voice, uh, whether it's human or alien or can you you know, some kind of hybrid creature... Uh, you can leave us a voicemail on anchor.fm forward slash horror house. And finally, if you like horror house, if you think what we do is like the coolest thing ever or like top five, even if you just think it's a little cool. Yeah. Uh, be sure to rate us on them. Apple podcasts. Spotify has ratings now too. If you're listening on that. And most importantly, share us around, like spread the horror house, like, like trees, like you're replanting the forest, man, but with horror and like, you're two, like Johnny Appleseed, but you're, uh, you're spread podcast, Johnny podcast seed. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, Dave, have you been, have you been watching anything this week before we get into the meat of this sandwich? I don't die. After several weeks of kind of slacking. Uh, Stella and I are finally caught up with Dexter New Blood. the The season finale is uh, coming out the same day that um, this episode will air. Um, so you're putting a lot of faith I'm in my editing skills. <laughs> oh, I I do. I have faith in you, man. I have faith in you. Right. unless you get abducted between now oh, and then. Would that be ironic or just a coincidence? Like I can never tell the difference. I think it depends on if you ask uh, Alanis Morissette or like 
everyone else in the world. <laughs> Her or um, everybody. Uh, so or everybody, yeah. Has it has it gotten better? Because you were kind of, I don't know, at the beginning. No, I, I li- I, I'm into this season. This is this has been good. It's been a good return. Okay. It's um. It's it's a typical Dexter. You maybe not a the highest kill body count kill season of of all, but it's definitely enough to make you forget like some of the past seasons. Deb is in a lot. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, you can't say spoiler but, alert after the spoiler. <laughs> oh. Uh, ret- retro. Do I have to call it a retroactive spoiler? I'll, I'll put a bleep or something. I don't. I don't know. I don't have okay. a bleep handy, beep. but I'll get one. Uh, beep. Uh, but it's good. And then we also have watched episode one of the Book of Boba Fett, I, and mm-hmm. we're ready to watch episode two tomorrow. Same. Same. Uh, any any other things you've been been up to? Uh, just a a little bit of the. Here and there's, um, oh, what we started, we've started watching a few things, but it's been a long week at work catching up from last week when I was the only, well, not the only, the next to the only, there were only two nurse managers in the building. And so, you know, I was catching up from that. And then we had state in the building this week. So that's, that's a drain. Um, emotionally, physically, so right. still I've been getting up at like 5 a.m. to get in there um, long before anybody else, even though we have the longest commute to the building. Um, Slackers. So Slackers. really it. I, I've turned on a couple things, and then just like, I turn on, on and then I'm just out before right. you know, we even get very far, so. So for me... Chris? Uh, yeah, what have you been doing, man? I... I've watched a couple things, but I'm honestly forgetting uh, Boba Fett. Obviously, I I also watched that. Oh my god, I'm so I'm so happy to watch Boba Fett. They could have just had him standing there in his costume. I've been like, this is the coolest thing I've ever watched. And you know, and that's pretty much how I was through the whole episode. Um, but there was something else. I swear, fuck, something horror that I did watch. It may come back to me before this episode like we're going to be talking about alien abductions and in the middle i'm going to be like oh yeah i rewatched blood rage <laughs> no but it, it would be as as good as that i'm sure uh but that's that's been about it it's been about it i don't even have a, a good excuse um but uh just it, it just wasn't in you it just wasn't in you this week, yeah so yeah so um, or you spent all your time researching yeah, that's good. That's Tonight's better. Episode. That sounds better. That sounds way better. I was busy. I was busy. Re- I I read. I read. I read so much. So many paragraphs. Like it maybe maybe even double digit paragraphs. That's how serious nice, this is. Dude, that's that's nice. Yeah. All right. So, um, uh, let's get an ad and let's talk about some uh, some. True life alien abduction stories. So uh, let's start off the conversation tonight with uh, one of the more uh, famous, especially at the time, but in UFO circles, if not to the common public, uh, abduction stories. And that's the 
abduction of uh, Barney and Betty Hill. Yeah. Uh, in uh, 1961. And this isn't. Uh, I know it's probably it's probably not the first one, but it certainly is one of the earliest ones that's like publicized enough to feel that way anyway. And uh, what what kind of what kind of info you got to share on this for some people that have maybe not uh went down this rabbit hole of, of these guys before. Uh so uh Barney and Betty and and please uh you know forgive me if I if I get a fact wrong or or uh I misspeak tonight. You know, we, we are talking about real life people. Um uh, and and their real experiences. I think I've been pretty adamant on on tonight on this topic before that I think whether you believe the stories or not I a hundred percent in most cases I mean not all the uh, maybe not hundred percent not eighty percent of the cases I believe the that they time. believe I, I, right most of the cases, I believe that the people telling the story believe what they are telling. Okay. Um, but in ni- September 1961, uh, Barney and Betty were uh, driving home from New Hampshire, and um, they had an encounter on the road. They They saw lights behind them. Um, the early 1960s were still a, a very um, racially charged era in American history. Um, unlike now, which is a racially charged era of uh, United States uh, present. So, um, but uh, they saw lights. They kind of tried to get away. The lights overtook them and blocked their path is my understanding uh barney got out and kind of approached the craft betty watched through some binoculars from inside the car and thought she saw the faces of beings inside the craft Uh, they both described the craft very similarly later during an independent uh and separate interrogations and questioning they Underwent hypnosis. Um, is Lily being it is important. <laughs> She's protecting us from abduction. Mm. So she is strong. Uh, but uh, thank you. We should mention thank you. Uh, the uh, speaking of you know the sixties and uh, racial tensions. Uh, Barney is is uh, is uh, a black dude. So yeah, that I don't. They know, were was, an interracial couple. Yeah, which then I mean, they how old would they have been then? Sixty one, forty. He was uh, Barney was born in twenty two, uh, pushing pushing their forties, maybe a little 40, little over forty seven. So I mean, not even a young couple, uh, uh, interracial young oh. couple. These, uh, you know. So thirty nine, yeah, thirty nine. You would almost think I, I'm just kind of speaking from you know 
thinking out loud, but you would almost think that they wouldn't want to publicize what they went through just because of being a biracial couple in that time. Yeah. I mean, you, you, they, I'm sure they got enough black, probably from white people and black people Mm -hmm. of the time that they wouldn't have been necessarily looking. It's hard to believe that they would be looking for extra attention. Yeah. Uh, But uh, they both underwent some hypnosis. Uh, They both described similar incidents, uh, being taken on the craft, being stripped of their clothes. Um, Lost time. Lost time. uh, Like a day of time. Or maybe it was, was it night into the next day, or was it an entire day? I am not sure on that that one. Um, And then Betty famously um, later sketched a star map that she called a three-dimensional picture of the solar system from the vantage point of the planet these uh, visitors were from, the Zeta Reticuli. Okay. So, did that? I I know that you know in 1966, um, she the it was her story was recounted in a best-selling book. 1975, a TV story. In the early 80s, a fledgling magazine, uh, astronomy magazine, which is a science-based magazine, not astrology, astronomy, published their story. And nearly went bankrupt because of it. Wow. Uh, but I, I, I'd like to think that it says something that their story even got published in a science-based... You know, I mean, I, surely there's some vetting and some editorial process involved right? before it even makes it to that. And it, it's a shame if you discount a story like this without looking at the facts. So, or, or probably it's a shame if you accept a story like this without looking at, at the facts. So proof, baby, we need proof and not a Nokia cell phone from 20 years ago filming what's happening now. Anyway, you know what I mean? Um, any other things you want to touch on Betty and Barney uh, before we, uh, you had a, do you want to do any of the other ones before we get to a, the meat of a, one of our main stories? So the, the oldest, I real quickly, and I, I just want to touch base on it real quickly. I, the oldest, and this surprised me because of its age, abduction attempt I could find is probably also the oldest modern UFO story I could find. 1860 or 1896 cool. in California, Lodi, California. Um, two people were nearly abducted by a UFO. This is long before planes, long before, I mean, I don't, airships or any of this. And one of the two that were nearly abducted 
was a colonel in in the army. Um, what year was that again? 1869. 1869. I wanted to see... Uh... Or no, I'm sorry, 1896. I have a problem reading that since the last of Okay, I had to look up real quick. I was like, I wonder if uh, War, The War of the Worlds was out by then. Maybe that had some kind of... No, This The War of the Worlds was released in 1897. So... A year later. Yeah, so maybe it was influenced so. by that. Who knows? Um Right. But continue, continue. I had to, I had to investigate real quick. Um, so the men were on horseback. They described a cigar-shaped craft uh, hovering above them. Um, okay. Uh, an object uh, like a ball of light coming out of the craft, and uh, it's just. There's not a whole lot of information that I found, but just the, the description and the age of it just really stuck in my mind. Because I think when you talk about UFO sightings, UFO abductions, one of the biggest things to that is used to debunk this idea is that, oh, well, you know, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, there were all these experimental planes and top secret stuff and, and things going on and people didn't understand what they were seeing, right, but right. because of TV, because of movies, they were influenced by these science fiction writers and, you know, these stories are uh, made up, falsified, or, you know, delusions caused by this, you know, the media at the time. But 1896, I mean, what... Kind of media was there? A, right. A goddamn newspaper. Even word of mouth was yeah. slower than. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it, it would have taken. Yeah. You know, I, I think I saw something uh, a while back, a video about the interstate highway system, and before it was completed, a trip across the country was a, you know, a three month to six month journey. So it's not like they, you know, this is uh, influenced by, you know, hysteria or the, or the internets or anything like that. I mean, it just, right. it was really striking to me the age of this event. I wanted to look something up that was like the oldest one I could find, but then I just kind of, for my story, wound up in the 70s. <laughs> I was like, I was far enough back. Uh, but now that's, I'm glad you've. Uh, found that I, and then to know that it came before War of the Worlds is very. I didn't even think about the War of the Worlds connection, especially the description of the aliens. The description of the craft was not even similar to the War of the Worlds descriptions. Mm -hmm. So it it, you know, of, if they had said, uh, "Oh, these giant tripods," and right. you know. The cigar shape oh. kind of uh, fits into my story a little bit. Uh, where is there any other one? I have one that I want to kind of talk about uh, for a second before we get into the the big uh, the, our first big story. We each have one big story that we're gonna go through, and at the end we'll have some discussion about it. And God, I'm sounding all official, Dave. I don't know what to make of myself. Um, but then, oh. uh, yeah. So what's your uh, what's the small case? Okay, so my small case was uh, 
let me look at my notes here. What year was it? So it was March 1981. It was not quite 10 years after uh, my story that I'm going to talk about tonight, but it was a substitute teacher um, named Ralph Hinckley that got abducted during a field trip, a school field trip. Oh, and his actual this these these are the words. Uh, like, look what's happened to me. I can't believe it myself. Suddenly, I'm on top of the world. It should have been somebody else. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I, <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Uh, Who I just got that idea. It be me. <laughs> You you had me for a minute. And I was like, "Wow, this is okay." I don't know this story. Field trip. What? And then you, <laughs> yes. And then you started in on the lyrics, and I was like, "Okay, this this is this great." Stupid this is son great. of a bitch. But see, that's how easy it, they can be sometimes. I'm popping a, a white claw, boys and girls. Sorry, but that's you know, go uh, laws you know, you when you're just drinking tell claws. A story. Yeah, you can just tell a story, and it can be whatever true not true and then you know once you get the full thing you kind of you come to your conclusion um i like that show though that's a great show <laughs> that was like the, the first superhero show i ever watched anyways um that said uh do you want to get into the first case yes let's all right so uh mine is from October 11th, 1973, Pascagoula, Mississippi. Two men, uh, Charles Hickinson, who was 45, and Calvin Parker, who was just 19, were abducted while they were fishing. And I couldn't find the relationship of these two, like if they were work buddies or what. And I'm sure, you know, this day and age, people are probably like 45 and 19. Like, what kind of weird shit were they up to? But it's like, you don't get like Southern folk and fishing. Yeah. Like yeah. I've had people I knew for like five minutes that were 40 years older than me. They're like, you want to go drink beer and fish? And I'm like, I don't know who you are, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's how a lot of those dudes are fishing is fishing and drinking. Um, but they were, they were fishing one night and apparently in some kind of, area i don't know if they were trespassing but somewhere that kind of maybe weren't supposed to be and calvin parker uh, this young kid uh was apprehensive and was like we should we should maybe go fish somewhere else and hickinson's charles hickinson's was hickinson sorry uh was like no we'll fish here that's fine it's fine and then uh shortly thereafter there was uh there were flashing blue lights um and Calvin Parker thought, oh no, the cops are here. We're, we're going to be arrested for sure. <laughs> uh, if only that had been the case, they'd probably uh, have, have had an easier life in some regards. But they, it, there was a sound, and I've heard this sound described several different ways. A wiring, whizzing, buzzing kind of sound. I don't know how any of those relate to the other, but use your imagination. Um, and an oval shaped oh it was oval shaped it wasn't cigar shaped my bad i thought it was uh, anyways an oval shaped object 30 to 40 feet across 
and eight to ten okay. feet high. I don't understand how that's an oval. I don't. Well, I mean, an an oval is. I mean, if you were looking at certain angles, it would probably appear to be pretty cigar shaped. Yeah, th- that's what like I was. If you weren't looking at a just a ninety degree angle, so. Yeah. So these guys. Uh, um. Any any feedback? Any questions so far? Uh no no I'll, I'm with you. Okay. Um. So, and this this thing is hovering uh, a few feet above the water, something a few feet above the water, and uh, the a door opens on the craft, which reveals a bright light inside, and then three creatures emerge, and they float above the water themselves, and they begin making their way towards uh, Hickson and Parker. Now, these aliens are described in a very different way, which is kind of why I uh, landed on this one, because it, it really, I've never heard this description of an alien before. So they were described okay. as being roughly five feet tall, and they had bullet-shaped heads without necks, maybe, and they had slits for mouths, and where their nose and ears would have been there was like cone shaped kind of uh spike shaped objects sticking out no eyes gray wrinkled skin and claw like hands so uh what, what i'm imagining in my head from that description <laughs> is a some kind of cactus beast it's i've some of the sketches make it look really dumb <laughs> but I mean, just, if somebody was to tell me they saw something like that and didn't even mention the word alien to me, I'd be like, "What the fuck have you just experienced? You, you need counseling. Yeah. That sounds horrifying. I don't know what that is. My brain can't even." <laughs> well, I mean, one thing you can say definitely is, I, I've never heard of a creature like yeah. that. You, you're not going to turn around and say uh, that uh, Charlie and Calvin were influenced by this movie or that movie i mean Mm -hmm. i've never heard of a description like that and and they're floating um and they take they say um two of them took uh hickson and two of them took calvin park or one of them took calvin parker who had fainted uh uh as as it were hickson said that he felt numb all over when they put their hands on him and then he was, they were floated to their ship themselves somehow um, and took, taken to a brightly lit room from top to bottom, from side to side. It was just bright light uh, with no source that he could see for the light. Um, And then he was examined, he said by a eye like device. And then was left suspended while the beings began their examination of Calvin Parker. And then afterwards, the two were floated out of the craft, and then the craft ascended, disappeared. Um, and so that was the end of the actual abduction. Pretty, uh, I think I think they said it was just a, a few hours. So they didn't uh, do the lost time. They didn't experience that, but... Uh, the okay. bright light with no source is very interesting. Um, and then 
the numb the numbness when they put their ha- claw like hands on him i think is interesting too like is it is it a mind thing is it some kind of maybe i don't know so many possibilities it makes my mind just kind of like fall in on itself i'm like oh what could it have been well i think of nature so like mm-hmm. you don't feel right right usually when a mosquito bites you when a leech latches on poison ivy latches on because yeah there are there are some numbing agents that you know are localized when a vampire bat which they do exist they mostly drink the blood of like cattle but they use their fangs not to suck the blood through their fangs but to just cut slits in the skin right yeah but um they have a numbing agent in their saliva that they use to like anesthetize the the local area first, and so there is basis for that in nature as well. So yeah. that's very a kind of interesting. A, a little bit of a callback to our Krypton's episode. I had a story, or one of the one of the things was a forest in Kentucky. Remember, and it was like something about the plants wouldn't let you leave if you went into it, like with yep. some kind of uh, thing they secreted. So. <laughs> Interesting. So uh, the next part of the story, so that's the abduction. The next part um, kind of uh, we'll get into what they did afterwards and then um, followed by, I'll just tell you the rest of the structure here uh, and then get into some of what the skeptics, uh, investigators and stuff thought and then kind of like afterwards. Um, But following the abduction, uh, they called an Air Force base, Kessler Air Force Base in uh, Biloxi, who then told them to call their local sheriff's office. So the Air Force was like, just, no, we're not interested. <laughs> so Hickson and Parker uh, decided then that they would just tell the newspaper for because they thought the police would, you know, they thought they would... Kind of blow them off the same their... way the military. I think if, you, if the military blew yeah. you off, you would probably think that the local police are going to do the same. Right. And then so they go into town and turns out the newspapers closed. I mean, it was the abduction was like at nine o'clock at night. So the only place really left is the police. So that is where they wound up. And believing it was a hoax, the sheriff uh, put the two guys in a room with a hidden tape recorder. Like they taught, they talked to them for a while and either put them in a room or hid the tape recorder in the room they were in, whichever, um, and hoped that they would like kind of slip up and reveal the truth of what really happened while the officers okay. weren't in the room with them. And you can go, you can go listen to this. It's uh, from 1973. It sounds terrible. It's hard to make out, but I think there's some uh, transcripts around that you can kind of check out. Um, but you know, they were hoping they were going to fuck up and, you know, kind of, be like, oh, we really got those coppers. <laughs> and one of the officers who questioned them, his name was Glenn Ryder, said that he did not believe them. And they were just okay. trying to get notoriety with this cockamamie story, right? However, after they were left alone with that tape recorder, he says he changed his mind. And he said, quote, we left them there. To, we left them to talk to see if they were going to say, well, we got them fooled, but they didn't. They were really concerned. And this, you know, this recording is actually online. You can go check it out and you can go. I think there's interviews and stuff uh, with local news and stuff with Glenn Ryder. Um, but he w- 
what they said on that tape completely changed his mind because he was a skeptic, a skeptic going into it. And he's like, no, they were actually afraid. And, um, it's, it's on YouTube. You go check it out. Um, I tried to get, uh, some transcript of a couple things like, uh, Hickson said, Jesus Christ, God have mercy. I thought I'd have been through enough hell on this earth. And now I got to go through something like this. And this is, this is after the cops, but they could, uh, but they could have, you know, I guess they, well, they could have harmed us, son. And they said they had us, they could have done anything to us, but they didn't hurt us. And then Parker had like, I guess he had so much anxiety and just kind of fear. And he just said he was, uh, I just want to cry right now. And he, he said, what's so damn bad about it is nobody's going to believe us. And okay. some some other things down those paths. But um, the officer, Ryder, said, I put them in, the, in a room with the voice activated recorder, and that convinced me. When the boy was talking about them coming back to get us, you had a, you know, a young adult, 18, well, you know, a kid still, you know, uh-huh. Right, fearful over something that neither of them had ever seen, and they were gen- generally scared, according to this to this police officer. Um. So, and then there afterwards, obviously, you know, the newspapers and TV it becomes a, kind of a national thing, but it, it it flew under my radar for the last since I knew about UFOs and that late eighties, nineties, when I was a kid, I'd never heard of this one before. And, um, so we got some traction, but it wasn't, it's not like, um, Travis, I forgot his name, Dave. Well, Travis <laughs> well, um, it's nothing like that. It's nothing like Betty and Barney. Um, so I, I did do a little research also into the Pascaluga. Pascagoula, Mississippi, so why we were just sitting here. Mm. The day before their abduction, yes, 15 witnesses, including two policemen, reported seeing a large silver UFO over uh, St. Tammany Parish in New Orleans. Yep. Uh, and then I also found out that was interesting to me... Um, A few weeks after this event, Coast Guardsmen and fishermen had an encounter with an underwater metallic object not far from where this happened, in uh, in the Pascagoula River. Uh, The object, apparently they got close enough to touch it, but every time they tried to um, prod it, it the lights would go off and it would move a distance away, turn the light back on. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, eventually after about 40 minutes, the craft disappeared, but, you know, there was something going on in this area at this time. And, and, yeah. uh, you know, very interesting The the tape recorder thing really, and I've not heard it. Uh, maybe we need to take a break so I can hear that recording. It is very uh, rough. The... It is very rough. It uh, it's hard to to make out. Um, I you mean, they didn't record it in uh, uh, 4K <laughs> HD in 1973. Un- unfortunately, uh, 
But um, also, you know, it two picks in in nineteen seventy three. I, I I mean, you know, I don't want to discount. I I I don't want to discount people from the South, people from Mississippi, from from the Pascagoula area. Mm-hmm. But you know how savvy. I wouldn't have thought, like, okay, let's have a plan. If they put us in a room together, let's, like, let's keep up the ruse, even though nobody's in the room with us. I mean, you know, that's that requires a level of planning, a level of, of savviness that I, I, I just don't yeah. think a, the common person would have. So, <laughs> the... Let's get into the skeptics. Uh, so two men went to investigate the event. One was from the University of California. His name was, he was Professor James Harder. And there was a Dr. J. Allen Hynek who was representing the Air Force. And they interviewed the two guys. Um, Harder hypnotized Hickson, who became so frightened during this that he had to abort it. He had to abort this hypno- hypnosis session. I could, okay. there was no other details I had other than that. Um, and then the, they gave them lie detectors, these guys, um, and which they both passed. Hynek stated, so doctor representing the air force stated this was, there was definitely something here that was not terrestrial. So. That said, you know, these two investigators that were that went there and investigated, um, let's let's get into the skeptics now. Um, there is a uh, Philip J. Class, who's a UFO skeptic, said there were discrepancies in Hickson's story. He refused to take a polygraph. Uh, which, I, you know, what I just told you is already conflicting what he said and. I don't know if he wanted him to take another one or what the deal is with this, but he concluded the case was a hoax. I don't know from what. (laughs) And then um, investigator Joe Nickel, uh, both of these guys I've never heard of, no offense, fellas, but said Hickson's behavior was questionable and that uh, he had altered or embellished his claims. Um, He may have... Uh, he said he may have had a hypnagogic, uh, he may have been in a hypnagogic, which is a word I'd never even heard of, <laughs> walking dream state. Have you heard of this term before? And it's uh, only from the Skeptical Inquirer uh, article about this case. It's it's uh, being like on the uh, like on the cusp of sleep, like you're almost there. It's like the transitional state from being awake to being asleep. And like during this, I guess you can have hallucinations and lucid dreaming and even sleep paralysis and kind of like potentially like a night terror kind of a, kind of a situation. Um, and he believes that that's what happened to Hickson, but not to, not to Calvin Parker, the younger guy. Um, he thinks that he was likely passed out during this and didn't wake up till after and just agreed with with Charles Hickson. Like I, I you know, uh man going fishing, drinking some beers. I could see I could see young young Calvin being like, Whoo, two Budweisers and then out. <laughs> uh, and I mean, then being like, oh shit, where 
It's six in the morning. I'm never going to be able to tell Kathy where I was. And Charles Hickson's like, yeah, man, we'll do it. aliens. Ted will call the cop. But I, I don't know, man. I Joe Nickel, that's his beliefs. Um, I don't I don't know. Let's before uh, before we finish kind of the skeptics thing, let me give you a couple more pieces of information, Dave. And then I want okay. your opinion on on this whole this whole business. So after all this, after what I just told you about these two uh, UFO uh, skeptics, investigators, Class uh, and Nickel. Um, so Hickson gave interviews this whole time from the 70s till I'm pretty sure he's passed away now. But uh, he's, he even claimed that he had additional encounters with the aliens later on. He published a book, okay. UFO Contact at Pascagoula. Uh, Ten years later, he he had a company that was to produce uh, television shows about UFOs. But Calvin Parker would remain somewhat anonymous, and he didn't seek out any attention or give. He really, I don't know that he gave any interviews for a long time. Um, but he did release a book about himself in 2018. And then another in 2019. And I was like, well, that's interesting. That's... Why, why wait almost four, yeah. 50 years? Yeah. I like, okay. And uh, take this for what it's worth, folks. But in early 2021, uh, a GoFundMe page was created for Calvin Parker's medical bills uh, and, you know, stuff like that. He was having, him and his wife was having a rough time. Uh, he had some kind of surgery he had to, had to receive. And, uh, you know, that's following, you know, 2020, which who knows? Who knows what's going on? It could have been something not related to that. But, um, so there's that. Lastly, I just want to bring up, um, probably the biggest update to the story was in 2019. Uh, a new witness came forward after 45 years, 50 years, whatever it's been. Someone named okay. Maria Blair claims to have seen the craft that night while waiting with her husband who said who worked offshore and was waiting to be picked up by the captain of whatever boat he was working on. And she claims uh -huh. to have heard something fall into the water and saw the ripples. And when she looked down, I have that in, uh, you know, parentheses, cause I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> she saw what looked like a person in down the water below the water, her, maybe? but both of, yeah, she saw what looked like a person in the water below her, but the, they've already stated they floated that at least according to Charles Hickson that they floated. So I, does that, I don't know. Uh, she says, I was watching two men be abducted by a UFO. And she stated after, you know, finding the two men's story the next day, but her husband urged her to stay silent. So people wouldn't think she was crazy. And then finally, 45 years later, she told her story. And then there's um, local news footage of her and Calvin meeting and he's just like, I'm glad somebody else, you know, believes, believes I'm not crazy. And it's just, okay. I'll tell you, that's the, that's all the information I've got. I went, I went hard. God damn. I didn't know I was going to use up this much time. Um, but I mean, that's all the information I'll tell you right now. I think a Maria Blair is, is bogus. <laughs> 
Okay. I don't buy into based on based on like the television appearance she made. I, I mean, just reading about it, she's like she heard something fall into the water, but nothing ever fell into the water according to the original story. Like there was nothing ever in the water; everything floated. <laughs> and I, that's so. You think she's thing. just kind of she's piggybacking on their story for attention? Yeah, because I mean. uh Hickson the whole time was like given interviews. He wrote books, even had a production company of some sort. Um, I think seeing that would have been enough to make her come out and be like, okay, if it's getting kind of national exposure, all right, here we go. But you know, 45 years later, like who really cares anymore except two guys on a podcast? <laughs> right. It's, so I, you're I'll, not going to get I'll your throw big this payday. monkey wrench. So I think it's just right. For the Instagram likes, maybe I, I'll I'll throw this monkey wrench into your Miss Blair is bogus theory. Um, their story is out there. Um, Hickson and uh, what was the other guy's name? Parker. Par- Hickson and Parker. Their story's out there. Right. Um, it's. If she was piggybacking on their story, why did she? Why would she change events? I don't know. So in, instead, I'll give uh, this counter. I'll give this counter to that. Uh, uh, Hickson felt like they were floating. He they were paralyzed and they were floating. What if there was some distortion of perception? That accompanied this this uh, paralysis and the feeling of floating was being taken into the ship. We talked about the Coast Guard finding the ship underwater. Right. Um. We have more recently, and I, I, I know we've talked about this idea that these ships are not just um, airships in the right, traditional right. sense, but they actually are basically like. More like submarines. Maybe they, except yeah, maybe they are terrestrial and they're under the fucking oceans, <laughs> which is that blows yeah, my mind uh, more. Or, than... or these ships are doing both. They're they're in oh, the right. ocean and out of the ocean, and this could be how they are so good at evading detection for so long because they can. That's you for know, sure a strong possibility. I, I mean, I, I just think that there's a strong. Yeah, I, I I don't think that just because her perception of it differs i don't think that's a reason to discount one version of the other and in fact i think it might be an indicator that each side's story is even more genuine but why would she i'll just throw that in there i i just have a hard time believing that she would wait through the like why now why i mean now being you know, three years ago, four years ago to come out with her thing. It kind of lines up with the, you know, I'm not, I don't want to try to make connections <laughs> where there's not any potentially, but, uh, you know, uh, it may be, it, it's a little bit cynical to think in such a way, but, uh, you know, Calvin Parker's book comes out and, uh, what was it? 2018. Um, and she, that's when, uh, 
a year later, she uh, Maria comes out with saying that she actually witnessed what happened. Um, but I mean, did, is she did she find that? I mean, is it all is it all a conspiracy, man? That's but okay. That's that's a, that's very interesting. I mean, you know. But enough, of, enough I, I about Maria. That... Let's let's get back to the actual like story and the the skeptics. Like, what what are your feelings on this whole Calvin and and Charlie Hickson thing? Like, uh, and uh, what do you think? Of, uh, if, let's work if... backwards. Let's work backwards. What do you think about the skeptics? Okay. Uh, the the two that I have here. Like, let's just forget about Philip J. Class uh, Class because his is stupid. <laughs> I, th- I thought I was, I think I wrote him down to try to find more info and then didn't. So, um, Joe Nickel, um, said their behavior was class. questionable. Uh, let's, I do want to, I, I do want to bring up class for just a minute. Mm-hmm. This is what third or fourth time we've kind of brought him up through, throughout several of, of our episodes, um, tonight and the previous shows and our previous, uh, season two episode about, uh, UFOs. Yeah. Class. At, for as as many people as many people want to say, discount like all alien abduction cases as cash grabs. Mm-hmm. Class turned debunking alien abductions in into a cottage industry. I, mm-hmm. So it's hard for him to. <laughs> it, he can't point the money grab finger at somebody. When he is clearly making money, just on the opposite side of this. Yeah, I mean, so I, I mean, hopefully there was more to it, and I just never. I mean, I may have never got around to like finding out the rest of his story because, like, meh. but I mean, it, like, they had polygraphs done by a doctor <laughs> and a uh-huh. professor from uh, University of California. And the doctor was representing representing the U.S. Air Force. You're telling me that you're going to, like, this class is going to be like, no, they didn't know what they were doing with this polygraph test. And we've had, we've talked about polygraph tests and uh, in the Travis Walton episode, the Fire in the Sky episode. Um, so there's that. But they took one. They passed it for whatever that's worth to anybody. Um. So I think class is just hanging on <laughs> on this one. No, you know it. Every uh, may, uh, maybe not every. I don't. I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but mm-hmm. most you know uh, stories that come out about alien visitation, alien abduction, UFO sightings, WAP sightings from nineteen, you know, forty seven, forty eight until. You know, nineteen ninety something. Class is putting his two cents in in every single one, and you know he's he's making money somewhere. Oh yeah, from the from the fame and his books, from the speaking experiences. You know, uh, if you believe that there is a concerted effort to debunk and, and to to hide the truth about uh, these things from people, then, you know, if you believe the government is hiding that and tr- and trying to hide that, then you would, it's probably a very short step to believe that they would pay somebody right. 
to pose as a private citizen oh, debunker. Dave. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just plus plus the biggest thing to me is he just seems like such a fucking <laughs> asshole that I don't give a fuck what he thinks. I mean, like if 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 my you know drunk ass neighbor, my name's Chris, you know, said, "Oh yeah, they uh, they uh, they abducted me straight out of my living room recliner and." Took me down to the local farm, and they made me have sex with that sheep, Your Honor. I'd be like, it, and class was debunking it. No, I would take their side just because he seems like a fucking right. asshole. Like, there's never any regard for, uh, well, maybe these people really believe what they're saying, and um, maybe... There is some mystery here, you know. Well, what but, do you think? No, like, like uh, what do you think about the other investigator, Joe Nickel? I don't, I don't remember his name from. Like, I don't know if they were working together, if they were separate uh, investigators, or, um, but I mean, I don't think it's with that with with outside the realm of possibility. This hypnagogic, you know, waking dream state, um, and then Calvin Parker just being passed out. <laughs> I'm like. I've been I've been drunk before. I can understand. Um, but ha- so I'm just alcohol. I'm not talking about other substances you may or may have used or anyone out there may have used. Just alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I'm coming from the point of view of someone who has had as my hearing deteriorates. I mean, I have strong hearing issues. I've had basically what amounts to Auditory hallucinations, just always very brief. It's not, you know, I don't hear, um, you know, the the ghost of uh, of uh, Tone Loke speaking to me. Is Tone Loke dead? I don't know, but I don't hear the ghost of Tone Loke telling me like, "Dave, use the funky cold Medina." Mm. Um, but. I don't know. I mean, I've never like hallucinated a whole event, you know, like this. I mean, I I one time watched the first time I ever watched The Wall after I was done and I was in an altered a chemically altered consciousness when I watched it and afterwards I was like, "Oh yeah, the the part where where the dude melts and the, like the dragon and come, you know." And people are like, "What are you talking about?" I mean, you know, I, I saw things in the movie that maybe didn't really happen, but it's not like it. there was a this whole hallucination of event. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I just find it hard to believe that a little bit of whiskey and this waking state. Well, I don't know that this. he's saying that Hickson. It was because of the alcohol that he had this state. Like you know, I mean, I've had. Uh, to throw back to when I was a kid, like I had, there was a moment, um, that I've never had anything before it, anything since it. And I've always kind of been a little bit afraid it would happen again, <laughs> but I was laying in bed one night just to kind of, I mean, it wasn't like I got abducted by aliens, but I felt an arm like as if somebody was laying on the ground beside my bed, 
felt like somebody threw their arm up over my legs and then removed it. It that's literally what it felt like. And I just remember laying there and being like, what, what, what the fuck? And I couldn't even, I couldn't call out to anybody. <laughs> I couldn't scream. I literally couldn't do anything. Like, you know, they're, they're like, oh, I was too afraid to scream. It's like, I understand. <laughs> I've, I have experienced that. I've talked about that. So. And I mean, I don't know why that was. I mean, maybe, maybe it was the, maybe it was this, um, but like, you know. The mind is a weird thing and like nothing even resembling that has ever happened to me since or before. And it wasn't, you know, I'm just saying, uh, maybe, maybe he's onto something with that. I mean, it's not out of the, I don't think it's out of the question, out of the realm of possibility. Um, cause God, the mind is just fucking weird. Plus, I mean, Pascagoula, that just smells like a river that's maybe not. Uh, you should probably not be around too long. Some gases, okay. you know. Who knows? Who swamp knows? Swamp gas. Don't 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 <laughs> swamp gas me, Chris. Don't swamp gas me here, man. Um, the Pasca that Pascagoula in in Mississippi, uh, Alabama, the the you know the South like that. Pascagoula is not. It fits. It fits. It's on brand for for Mississippian and Alabama. The University of Alabama is in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. They got some names down there. Um, all you know, all of these <laughs> town names down there—they're all an amalgamation of like demon names and you know German candy, uneducated <laughs> English and French and you know Caribbean and uh, you know yeah. the the. It, the influence of New Orleans and on this whole region can't be understated. Um, Indian names and it's you know uh, so yeah. um so I mean what are what other thoughts do you have on this? The 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 tape it, without having heard it, and I admit I haven't heard it at this point, but the tape to me seems like a very convincing argument. Right. I won't say I won't say fact, but I'll say it seems like a very convincing argument to me. The because the, like I said, I I don't know that I mean I don't know these guys, but if they're just making up, you know, alien abduction stories, mm -hmm. I can't believe that they're that savvy if they're just having this waking dream state and then so convinced that they were abducted or that they run to the air, call the air force and run to the sheriff and run to the newspaper. Mm -hmm. I, I have a hard time believing they're savvy enough to not break character. Right. If that's the yeah, right. Terminology. I mean, that officer, uh, Glenn Ryder, uh, was, was a skeptic at first and then listened to what they said while the officers were out and was like, Oh no. Fuck, I believe them. <laughs> and, you know, I, yeah. I, I think it's hard when somebody in authority like that says something because I, I want, I tend to want to believe them because I'm like, oh, why would they? I mean, sometimes that's not the case, folks, but, you know, typically I kind of want that to be the case. I, you know, I want you, that, they're the people that are I, supposed to be honest. 
So it's hard to... Yeah, you know, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think there's a level of... I don't want to say a pass, but, you know, what is the cop to gain from this? True. Also. What, what did the sheriff writer, what did he gain from this? Well, he this? wasn't the sheriff. He was just an officer at the time. The sheriff... Or officer, um, officer writer. I want to say, I, I may be wrong, folks, um, but I think the sheriff at some point quit wanting to talk about it. He retired and then wouldn't talk to, uh, like, the local news about it anymore and just, I mean... I'm, I think I think that's a thing that I was seeing on one of the news reports uh, from there a few years ago. Or no, I watched a. It was from the '80s, and he was retired. Uh, Glenn Ryder was. I don't know if he was retired or just uh, getting up there, but yeah. Uh, final uh, final thoughts. Do you think it was real? In your opinion. Do you are you do you buy Calvin Parker uh, and Charles Dickson's tale? So so I have a I have a proposal, Chris. Okay. Uh, instead of a movie rating, uh, uh, let's give the story rating? a plausibility oh. rating. Okay. Okay. On a so scale we're, of what? We're, we're on a, one, one to ten. ten. We're we're one okay. to ten. Okay. Um, Damn. And so. I will. Um, I'll go first because I think that in the prose category, like pro plausibility. So when I say pro, I'm going to say pro plausibility. When I say con, I'm going to say not so, plausible. Anything that is con is not plausible. Okay, so one to ten. So in, ten in being the, most plausible. Okay. Yes. Go for it. I think the the tape recording lends itself to plausibility. I think the uniqueness of the creature lends itself to plausibility. The Miss Blair's story being slightly different, but in a way that makes sense to me. Okay. Um, perception is very, very big thing. Eyewitnesses are not good evidence for things because your perception leads to so much misunderstanding. And so, like I said, I think it's a little bit more likely that the stories are plausible when they actually don't match hundred percent. It seems more rehearsed if they did match hundred percent. Um, especially when there's so much out the information out there, she could just, you know, Google that shit and, and memorized a few lines and thrown that rehash that out there if she wanted right. to. So I I think I I may not give that as much credibility as the the other two factors. Um in the cons category, I will say, you know, that there was uh they they did a polygraph. I I've read some things where they were kind of um they didn't want to do a second polygraph. Yeah. The first polygraph was administered by a guy who was inexperienced and who might have been a friend or a friend of a friend of the lawyer that they had the polygraph uh, retained. info is a little mixed because there I, I read that and then i read afterwards that it was you know the professor and then the the doctor that applied it which i mean i don't okay. i don't know that they would know how to operate one but I, who knows <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I I probably um, would. So there's um, that. The polygraph so, is a But those things go together to me. Yeah, those those things go together to me. I I don't think these guys seem very savvy. I don't know how. Uh, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't say that everyone reporting a UFO sighting or an alien abduction in the the sixties, seventies, I would I definitely wouldn't just blanket say that they're all have to be true. But I also think that how do you how do you make money on that? I, it's 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 the seventies. I'm not saying man. they don't get on TV. That's all yeah, you. That's I'm all you're s- after. And then somehow that makes you money. <laughs> I mean, when you say it like that, it really makes it seem like all this. Uh, oh, people are just on Twitter for fame. Or or Facebook for fame, they're just seeking fame. I mean, that's no different than what you're, what these guys are basically being accused of. Fair. Um, so Where do you land? What do you on the on the plausibility scale? I'm gonna rate this what I think is pretty high. I'm gonna rate this. It's it was only the two witnesses out, outside of Blair. Uh, so I'm going to kind of not give her a lot of credence, right. but but like I said, the the distinct stories convince me some. I'm I'm going to go a short, long story short. I'm going to give this a seven and a half. Okay, okay. Um, so we agree on a lot of the points. Um, the things that are fishiest to me, Blair Maria Blair being one that kind of falls into the thing with Calvin Parker being, uh, you know, uh, finally after decades of being mostly silent, um, releasing a book and then another book. And then, you know, all of a sudden he needs uh, money for medical bills. There's a GoFundMe. Um, that seems, I don't know, not the, it feels like, okay, I've waited this long. I didn't want to be, maybe he didn't want to be in, you know, the spotlight. Maybe that was Hickson's deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by, by a lot of the accounts, you know, he did. Yeah. So, so it, but you know, maybe, you know, time wears on. His wife is like, listen, we need some fucking money. And he's like, all right, here's a book. That wasn't, uh, I didn't make some, uh, here's another book. Just oh, fuck shit me. went out. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things that really hurts the the claims for me. It's just, um, and another thing is Hickson said that he had other um, encounters with these aliens afterwards. I couldn't. I never found any other info. I I didn't read his. He's got uh, at least one book. I think he has more than one. I may be wrong, but maybe he goes into them on on there. But I did not read the books because it would this episode would have taken four more years <laughs> to come out. Um, uh, but the like the you know like we said the tape is very interesting. The police officer uh, Glenn Ryder is very interesting. Um, I'm gonna be a little bit lower than you and. I'm going to go with six. I think that, uh, that uh, that's as high as I can, I can go. 
I think, Chris, it's very interesting that some of the facts that you saw as dinging or, or taking away from the plausibility are facts that I saw as contributing to the plausibility of the story, but that's kind of the, the nature of these Pixel kinds clacks. of stories. Pixel clacks. It, it takes all kinds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you said Hixel clacks. I thought. Oh my God! Did did you get abducted? Oh shit! I thought you said pencil clacks, like like trying to make noise. Like I don't hear you. No, I I should say that I am a skeptic that wants to not be a skeptic. I want to be. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. whenever me and my wife are outside at night, uh, I am constantly like looking up at the sky and she's like, you're not going to see anything literally, literally all the time. She's like, what are you looking for? I was like, you never know. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love looking up at the night side. Um, not, I'm not necessarily looking for UFOs, but you never, oh. you never know what you're going to see. I'd like trying to identify stars and constellations. I'm not good at it. Mm-hmm. I can me, me nearly always pick out uh, Ursa Major, Ursa Minor, or Big Dipper, Little Dipper. Yep. I can, Orion's Belt. Orion's Belt. I can nearly always depict. Um, you know, those but, are that's it for me. <laughs> yeah, that might. That's I'm probably there too. Nor, the North Star, but that is part of Ursa Major. Yeah. So, but. Yeah, but I, I'm but a skeptic I, that wants it to not that wants to not be. I want to be completely proven wrong because I I want that. <laughs> so I don't know if that makes me a skeptic. I don't know. I think like, what, the, what does that? That might be the exact opposite. I I believe because I just think the universe is too vast to believe that right. we're that goddamn special. Um. So I believe that they're out there. I just don't know. I, I'm kind of more maybe a a dark forest believer. If you want know the dark force theory that just the universe is so vast and there's so much noise out there and and that there is a certain rarity to the type of intelligence that can reach for the stars, that can watch the stars, that can listen to the stars, let alone travel these vast distances. Um, right. But... I I think I I believe that those things exist. I just kind of I think I want to be more skeptical of the stories I hear. So I believe it, but um, then I also think, you know, I I I maybe I would just want to think I'm skeptical. Maybe I'm not really skeptical. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Um, so there's our first story. We have unfortunately ran out of time. So you know what that means, Dave, unfortunately you're going to have to tell your story. And part two, part Part two two next week. Yes. So, uh, to give them a little tease, like, uh, if you want to, do you want to give them a little tease of, uh, what the, what the next abduction story is going to be? Uh, we're going, uh, just a big tease. Don't give them just dangle the bait out there a little bit. Like tickle the water. Like We're going to go Parker. back in time from the uh, Pascaluga incident, and we're going further north. So we're going to 1969 in Massachusetts. All right. So please come back next week. We're going to finish this UFO abduction uh, 
series uh, special series yeah. yeah um and then uh who knows where we're going after that i don't think we even know <laughs> I, I, I think i have an idea of what we should do next, what we're going next and it's oh. twisted it's uh, it's something you've been wanting to get off your chest and that i recently uh, have heard of so okay so st- stick around for all of that and uh it's what what do you it's, got uh, what? it's uh tiger king doesn't isn't a big fan of carol oh, that's all i can say okay intriguing i didn't, okay okay so, <laughs> that, uh come that, back next week for part bitch, 2 carol that's, that's all I, that's it that's it that's it Oh, fuck. It took me way longer to catch on to that than it should have. If anybody like, listens, like, Chris, you're a is the, dumbass. Is the Tiger King season two horror? I just, I can hear the tears turning over there. Oh, uh, it's, it's I, been another, I am a dumbass. It's been another great night here in the uh, horror house. And I, we'd love, once again, we'd love to get that feedback. Uh, hit us up. Talk to us. Tell us what you want to hear. What you like, what you don't like, uh, you know, or just, you know, comment on your own. Do you have a UFO story that uh, you think is interesting? Let us let us know what you think about uh, Parker and Hickson's story. Do you believe it? Do you not? Like, why? Why not? What do you got? What do you got? Let us know. Where do you fall on the plausibility scale? And... Dave, if there's a different UFO abduction case that you think we should check out later on, uh, let us know. Tell us some of your favorites, and we will check them out. Uh, we're always looking for uh, new ideas, new directions. So, yeah, hit us up. You can reach me at Sweetness1 on Twitter, or you can hit both of us at the at Horrorhouse2 on Twitter. You can email us horrorhousepodcast at gmail.com or go on the Facebooks uh, and go to the Horrorhouse page there. Or you can leave us a voicemail on anchor.fm forward slash horrorhouse and then we get to hear your voice instead of you just always listening to our voice. And if you would be so kind to share us around, give us them ratings on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and... Just help us help Horror House become Horror Mansion, for lack of a better term. We don't want a mansion. Just like, you know, add another story to the Horror House. We need a second story. We need an attic. Attics are always haunted, man. We don't have one. We want one. They're always creepy and full of, like, spiders and creepy naked mannequins. I didn't know you was going with mannequins. I was concerned. I'm really hooked on Carol blank Oh, right now. I got you. I got you. Um, So, till next time, Dave, final words? Uh, Nope. There we go. (laughs) 